All right, welcome to Sweating the Details, brought to you by Nest Realty, where we discuss topics from design and data to branding and technology and everything in between that are affecting and influencing real estate in today's agents. Uh, I'm Jonathan Kaufman. I'm Keith Davis. And I'm Jim Duncan. So today we've got a couple topics we want to we want to address some topics that are you know influence, influencing the real estate industry. First, the role of technology. Second, is analog versus digital, and third is raising the bar. Um, we want to dive into uh, role of technology to start with. Sure, let's start there. Great. Well, so you know the, you know for those of you that have uh, been paying attention to the industry, the last twelve to eighteen months there really has been a strong fo- focus on brokerages building their own tech and integrating their own uh, tech for their agents. Um, I think some prominent examples, based purely on which companies are talking about this as part of their value proposition. There's you know Redfin and Compass and EXP. Um, you know back earlier in the spring, Gary Keller of Keller Williams stated that Keller Williams is now a technology company, which uh, you know ruffled some feathers maybe internally and ruffled some feathers and raised some eyebrows um, in the industry. They've uh, Keller Williams is focused on a lot on. AI and uh, and, and uh, they continue to roll out some different initiatives. Um, there's also a lot of a lot of companies that, that um, are maybe flying under the radar, which have been uh, building their own technology for the last you know two, three, four years. Um, but I think what we want to talk about today is a little bit about what's happening in the transformation of technology in the industry. I think if you if we rewound a couple years and talked about real estate technology, it would be Zillow, lead gen, and now that you know the word real estate technology is is shifting even so much that now there's you know terms like uh, prop tech, right. um, billions of dollars coming into the business. So I don't know, uh, you know, how do you see? I mean, I th- I think that it is something that this sort of dovetails with our conversation about but you know about analog and digital. I think that more of these agents agents are looking for solutions to make their their businesses more efficient. Uh, I think that the companies like Keller Williams are looking at it from a perspective of what can they do to differentiate, but also how can they prepare themselves for when, I mean, I think that when there are fewer agents in the, in the industry, they want the ones that they have, they want to make better and more profitable by giving them the better tools to, to manage, to manage their businesses. Well, I mean, and there's, there's no question that the tech that's coming out is helping agents in terms of what they can do. The question is, are, is the dollars that are being spent useful to the firm itself in terms of of improving client engagement, improving the, the entire experience for the buyer and the seller. Um, and the other question is, are, are agents even using the technology that the firms are, are creating for them? And you know, we've, we've heard a lot about where Redfin owns their agents, their employees, that they can require agents to use technology. But within these other firms like EXP and, and Compass, that's not the case. These are independent contractors. And it's going to be a big question as to whether the independent contractor sees the value that's being being placed in the technology that's that's rolling out, right? And that was probably one of the issue. One of the issues where why some a lot more brokerages are shifting from third party tech vendors uh, is because they're trying to force their agents and, and not force not in a bad way, but maybe encourage I should say encourage their agents to use um, text more you know kind of uh, deeper tech stacks that have been built within you know within the role of what of what the brokerage is offering. So that's sometimes you know now is leaving these third party tech vendors off on the sidelines where they've built systems and kind of tried to Frankenstein them within different brokerages and different brokerage systems and and uh, now maybe they're not quite as relevant as they had hoped to be um, but you know one question I'd say with with any of this is 
jumping back to Keith's point, um, what's the problem? You know, any, anytime you're trying to roll out a new platform or system or uh, technology or, or uh, initiative, I think you always have to say, what's the problem that you're trying to solve? And um, I'm not quite sure if that's always, you know, based on what, what some of the services that I'm hearing are coming out, that that's always the focus. That's always the focal point of what of what they're asking. So, what's the problem they're trying to solve? Are they just trying to to become a technology company? Are they just trying to integrate some cool new te- new tech out there, or are they really trying to solve a problem? I, I think that they're looking at solving the problems that you know agents always have is how how do they communicate with their clients? How do they you know what is their CRM? How do they how do they do how do they do their business better? But I think it's also a matter of differentiating themselves from their competitors. I mean, how right. is Redfin different from Keller Williams? How is Keller Williams different than Remax, et cetera? But, I, mean, I, I mean, I think that you know, what are how are we different as Nest from everybody else, from, as a boutique broker brokerage, if you will? You know, how are we different than the than the the giants of of our world? Sure. I mean, there's but there's no question. There's some technologies like DocuSign and other the e-signature platforms that. Right. Every agent now ubiquitously uses across the the board, and you know if firms are creating software that does that, is that a better ex- you know to your question, Jonathan, of what problem are you trying to solve? If the agents have already solved it, why are you trying to solve it again and internally? Um, this is something that people have already found a, a comfortable system they're using, they like using, and even when associations roll it out as a as a total platform, the adoption rate is not universal because people already have something they're happy using. So. You know, that's that's just a lot of money that needs to be looked at, and whether or not that's that's the right dollar spent in the right area. DocuSign's a great example. Uh, we, I know we've talked about this for the last ten years, right? Since we've probably ten plus years since we've started using DocuSign, and I think that we still make the argument today in 2018 that DocuSign uh, was probably, you know, the most influential. Advancement. New advancement and in, in real estate, quote unquote, technology that we've seen. I mean, the amount of you know we could we could drill down and talk about this uh, for hours, but the amount of time that it saved an individual agent or a team of agents or a brokerage or the entire industry is just is just phenomenal. The amount of of you know emissions from from cars yeah. and I mean you, you name it. It's 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 amazing. So what problem was that? The problem with that 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 solved, I mean it's there's probably ten problems that, that solved, but one is it it saves agents time, it saves clients time, it speeds up the uh, the process. We know you know we can talk about speed and how you know how how people value speed and, and quickness in today's world with, with smartphones. But I mean what DocuSign has done for uh, our businesses and our our lives has been phenomenal. I mean, yeah. when's the last time that you had you got in your car at eleven o'clock at night to drive twenty miles to go get a, a, a signature? Ten and a half years ago, right? Ten and a half years ago, <laughs> exactly. I, mean, I, I would. I, mean, I would jump in. I, I think that you know when you're making those comparisons between tech, I would put DocuSign and like the iPhone in the same conversation as from a from a game changer, if you will, of of technology and how we how we practice residential real estate. I think the iPhone and DocuSign are probably right there. Um, but I think that, let me, if you don't mind, let me jump on real quick on the digital part, back to the analog. Because I think that it doesn't, you know, I don't know that, you know, I had a client many years ago that she loved DocuSign because she traveled a lot. But she always liked to solidify the transaction with, you know, a human experience of a shaking of the hand, a wet signature, or what have you. So I think that, it's, you know, I think that being aware of, you know, Technology and how it's implemented can't distract from the fact that it's still a you know Keith and Jim business or client buying and selling property. Well, and uh, I think that that points to the question of 
with any of the technologies we're looking at, with anything within a full tech stack that, that real estate firms are, are evaluating, comes back to is the question that you're, you know, the problem that you're solving, is it going to be changing life for the client or for the agent or for both? Right. Um, DocuSign, I think, was designed to change it for the agent. The reality is it changed it for everybody. Right. Um, but there are certainly other things, the CRM work, if we're talking about digital marketing, the, the MailChimp type platforms, those, those really are geared towards the agent, not towards the client. It may not change the, you know, the client experience significantly. Right. You know, and, and in full disclosure here, uh, as Nest, we have, uh, we're just rolling out a, a technology platform that we built from the ground up, and we see that as helping our agents, helping our lead brokers, and also helping our clients with customer with you know with a more uh, you know, kind of integrated customer experience. So we've looked at at the problem that we're trying to solve from a couple different standpoints, and I think that that's um, you know we think that that's the right approach. And granted, we're still in kind of infancy stages of of integrating this into our agents' businesses and our and our clients using it. But we're 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 pretty confident that that's going to going to increase customer satisfaction. It's going to create efficiency, increase efficiency for our agents. Um, so yeah, I mean that that's a it's a it's a big challenge. Like looking at uh, you know how much technology is too much technology, and and uh, how you integrate into uh, into analog. Obviously, this um, this world is technology obsessed. I think I read recently that um, that I think it was it took seventy years, and, and I may be getting this wrong, but it took seventy years uh, for there to be fifty million. People that use a telephone, and it took 35 days for 50 million people to get on Angry Birds. Right, so um, you know clearly we're in a we're in a spot where the world is tech obsessed, um, and I think that no one uh, listening to this would argue what's more important, the the telephone or Angry Birds. Um, but clearly, you know the the way that that technology is right now, it's taken over our lives, and and we've we've become uh, we've become tech obsessed. Well, it has so, but. It, I think that we're also, I think we're at a bit of a tipping point from a technology and analog perspective. I was reading a story last week about how uh, one school system, it's a more affluent school system in, somewhere in the U.S., is now shifting away from iPads and, you know, and tablets to more outside play and more tangible physical books because they're trying to get the kids away from technology so they can actually think. Well, and there's no question that just as a consumer and being at home, if you get you know 50 email marketing pieces every day, you don't pay any attention to any of them. The rare marketing piece that now comes in the physical mail, you're kind of shocked by and you actually take a look at. Um, it's it's a question of where are you overloaded and, and where is that kind of opening? And I think people still, they still want to receive things that they can touch, they can feel, and they can look at. It's just... You know, same thing goes to the cell phone. How many, you know, what percentage of the time that your phone rings today is it actually a person that you've ever spoken to or want to speak to? And how much of it is spam phone calls that make you not want to answer the legitimate calls as well? I mean, it goes back to the handwritten notes. I mean, the handwritten notes are one of the most tangible, valuable things that you can do on a daily basis. Absolutely. I, l I love the story uh, that I heard that Jimmy Fallon writes a handwritten note to every guest that's on his show. And, you know, the, the, the stories of folks taking those notes and frame them and put them up, putting them up on walls. Um, they're just abundant and uh, no one is going to print off a text from Jimmy Fallon or an email from Jimmy Fallon and put it in a frame and put it up on their wall. So yeah. it just, it's that personal touch that makes a difference. And it goes, it goes back to what's old is new again. 
Um, so the, the, the cons, you know, when, when people get overloaded with technology, they start to kind of shift back to the other side of things and start to appreciate things like, like, you know, the right type of direct mail. Uh, I just saw today that MailChimp who has built their business purely on email marketing is now offering print pieces that you can send through MailChimp. So they're, they're <laughs> looking at this as an opportunity to, uh, to, to step to step and say, look, you know, hey, we may have started on day one as our business plan of saying we just send email, but now there's an opportunity for us to maybe to, to touch people a different way because we've probably overloaded people with too much email over the past X well, years. And, and companies like Bond are, are the exact, you know, the total opposite from Mailchimp, right? They're what's Bond? Bond is a is a company that uh, online that you can go to and, and enter in your client information or or friends information and be able to to have them in a digital manner, use a, a robot to write a handwritten note to your friend or your client that appears to come directly from your desk. Um, custom stationery, and it's it's just a beautiful, easy way to communicate in a manner that most people aren't using. And I think that is, you know, that's really what we're looking at, is how do you change that experience from the end user? Well, you humanize the whole process. I think that it's, again, people love technology when it works for them. Uh, but I think they also like to have, from a real estate practice perspective, there's so many emails and so many videos. And there's just so much that uh, I think that you or somebody was telling me a while ago about the value of coming in and leaving the cell phone in the car. I mean, people recognize that. If you come in and say, and they, you, you've, you make, it, make a point of saying, my, my phone is in my car, you are all I'm here for. People recognize that and they value that. And it's, it's a way to, to make it a, a more meaningful experience because they're hiring the agent to help them, not anybody else. So going back to our conversation about DocuSign, you know, as, as how has DocuSign, DocuSign, is, we talked about the positives from DocuSign. I think the negatives is that you, now you're not sitting around a kitchen table going line by line by line through the contract with folks in most cases. So it's just so right. easy to take a contract upload it into the system, hit send, and say, sign this. So we need to make sure that we take the personal touch and make sure that we communicate and educate our clients as much as possible. Um, you know, let's, let's use the value of tech. Let's, let's do that. But let's also make sure that we don't forget about the education and, and the client services aspect of our business. Right. Absolutely. No, no question. And this morning I was talking with some new agents, and, and we were going over some of the documents and, and buyer agency in particular, and, and the idea that in many cases, buyers just don't have a thorough conversation with their agents about what services agents are providing and why they're doing that in the value proposition. And part of that conversation certainly revolved around the fact that there are people in this, this market who will send out a buyer agency agreement through DocuSign with a contract and never discuss it and never go over what it entails. And, and that just kind of speaks to the you know, professionalism of, of what we're trying to do as, a, as an the number agency. Of, the number of times that I, as a, as a listing agent, that I get an offer sent to me that has the entire offer to purchase. Including a buyer broker agreement. With the buyer broker signed that day by the buyer agent and the, and the, the buyer. It's astonishing that one that's done on that day, well, I mean, I used to do that 10 years ago, 12 years ago, you know, but, but I learned and I got better. But one, they do it on that day, and two, they don't know to take the PDF apart and not send it to, to me as, as a listing agent. Right, and, and you know exactly what customer experience that buyer on the other side is receiving right. from, that, from that agent. So how are we, I mean, how are we stopping that? I mean, how, how are we working to raise, to raise that and, and improve the level, level of professionalism within Nest? 
I, I think there's there's a bunch of questions that I think part of it is transparency. Part of it is is putting out. Um, you know, we make it at Nest. We make it very evident what what Zillow reviews our agents receive. We are we're not trying to to hide behind. Um, Behind any of those, any of the sites that promote net promoter score type pieces, and we we we're forward thinking about it. We want our agents from day one to know that the experience that one client has with you will impact the way that that all clients perceive you. And I think that's that's a big part of it. And I think Zillow is moving in that direction to to try and, and improve that as well. They are, and there was a I forget who said this to us a couple of years ago, but they somebody made the comment that uh, tech can make a great agent even better, but a you know, a, a terrible agent, uh, even worse, and not to, um, you know, not to focus on that too much. But you know, how we use technology is important, right? There's a couple. There's a lot of reasons why we may use technology. It could be for better client experience. It could be for sometimes speed is better. Um, you know, sometimes efficiency is better. But uh, but looking at this overall, and and you know, where we've come at the last ten years from Nest, and really wanting to partner with, you know, who we feel is. Um, extremely client-focused agents who want to grow their business and offer an amazing customer experience. Um, that's this whole concept of we're, we're, we feel as though we're doing it within our brokerage of raising the bar, and we've been uh, very intent on that over the past ten years. And that conversation, that raising the bar conversation, you know, Jim, you know, I think was one of the, if not the, uh, realtors in the country that kind of kickstarted that conversation. Ten, twelve. A long, 14, long time ago, fourteen years ago, uh, and it's been a constant conversation with NAR, with you know, in, in Virginia, with the Virginia Association of Realtors. I'm sure every association in the country has had this conversation uh, about how do we raise the bar, how do we make it maybe more difficult for our uh, for for licensees to earn their license, and once they achieve their license, what do we need to do to make sure that they're providing the consumer with the uh, the best service out there? And no one is really from a from a national standpoint, or even state standpoint, right. or even you know local association standpoint, has has stepped up and uh, and made much of an impact. But in recent weeks, Zillow has just come out come out and announced they're going to be grading agents with some sort of uh, customer experience score. Um, and agents with a score of ninety or more are going to be tagged by Zillow as a quote unquote best of Zillow agent. And so when a consumer goes in the Zillow site, they're going to see the best of agent. And and uh, there's been various responses to this, but it's happening in other avenues. If you go on Airbnb and try to book a book a, a house or a condo on Airbnb, there's super hosts that have been flagged as as having you know great local expertise and great uh, you know an amazing clean amazingly clean property. And so I think Zillow is stepping up and, and trying to make a difference um, on their end because they've stated that customer experience is going to be the battleground that they want to play in and that, that they feel as it was going to be the, the long-term success opportunity for success for them. Well, I mean, it's a, I mean, I was looking at a place the other day on VRBO and, and one of the options is filter only the ones that are super hosts or whatever. Right. And so the ones who are not super hosts, I mean, it's like the page, first page of Google. You, know, you don't, who, how many, how many people get past page two or three of Google? Well, and it's actually on the on the Airbnb app because I was on it a couple of days ago looking uh, looking to book a spot. But it's actually just like you said, it's much more prominent, and it's harder to find. Do a search for just the you know the regular houses on Airbnb. Right. It's a much easier to the, the, just like you said, it's page one. Well, one of the things that I think is is fascinating about what Zillow are doing is they're going to be checking out through the process, 
with, through the transactional process with, process with the agent, they're going to be interviewing or you know, quality checking the, the clients. And that's gonna, I think that's going to be really fascinating to see how that plays out because it's a lot of, you know, a lot of transactions can go sideways and how, and how that agent is perceived by the, by the client is going to be fascinating to look at that data. Well, you know, and you look at other industries that do the ratings in a very public manner. I mean, you have Uber that we all rate every driver that we have, and they use that to... And the drivers rate the, rate the riders. And the drivers rate the riders. But, you know, the problem, though, is you may rate your driver, and that may control whether or not they meet, you know, keep their job. But the reality is it doesn't pop up and say, Jim has a 3.4 stars. Do you wish for him to come pick you up? And, you know, within the real estate industry, within Zillow we're now putting agents out there with their reviews before you're getting hired and it becomes part of the hiring process, which I think is, is certainly the positive because brokerages have not taken the steps in the past to be the kind of keeper of, of this and to, and to be the ones who say, we want a higher standard from our agents. It just doesn't happen. Right. Yeah, and this is another, st- I mean, we'll, we'll focus on Zillow here again, but this is another step that Zillow is, is doing for this because years ago we integrated on our nestrealtor.com site Zillow reviews and as part of the Zillow reviews clearly they don't let you cherry pick it's right. so if you want the reviews in your site it's all or nothing so you can't go through and say all right well I've got 13 reviews and 12 of them are, are fives and one of them is a two so I don't want the two but that you know they, they mandated at the beginning that if if we as a brokerage or any other brokerage in the country wants to show their reviews in their site, then you it's it's an all or nothing game. Well, I mean, I, th- I think having the neg- having negative reviews is critical. I think it, that's it, it's I won't say it's easy, but it's easy to get a fi- five star review from somebody. But getting a two star is you know first and foremost a learning learning experience for the agent. But I think it also adds credibility to the to the ratings as a whole. So if you have a two star review, not, everybody's not perfect all the time, and I think nobody's that adds perfect. validity. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think the other the other piece is simply from the from the brokerage standpoint that there is a, um, you know, as as we've talked about and you know internally there are, um, you know, there's profitability in part time agents, there's profitability mm-hmm. in mediocrity um, from the from the brokerage standpoint that it is not always you know firms have found you don't always want to just work with the best agents um, and I think that's a problem that. That brokerages need to be addressing directly, but Zillow is and other other sources are beginning to provide that information that that the firms haven't wanted out. Is that the question though? Is when you say there's profitability and, and mediocrity and part-time agents, maybe that's just a belief that you know the industry has. Because um, once again, Zillow has gone out and they've said that we're not going to take money from certain agents if you don't reach a certain score. I mean, the, you know, the 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 one of the uh, one of the reasons why they are, are are starting this new program is because is because they want their consumers, their end consumers, to get quick responses and fast responses and and adequate responses from realtors. And it's amazing that the the, the stat that I heard was that fifty percent of the premier agent leads that come through never uh, responded and, to. And these are agents that are paying money, like not like ten dollars a month, but. Hundreds, hundreds of thousands of dollars a month. Fifty percent of those leads go unresponded to. So um, that was part of the impetus, I think, you know, behind their approach to this. So the question is, from a brokerage perspective, is maybe, and I don't know what the answer is, but maybe that's more of a shallow approach, more of a short, short short term approach. Absolutely, right. But I I think you have a higher quality. I mean, I think that from from an agent perspective, if you if you provide a a better experience for the agent, the agent is better at what they do. They're more professional throughout everything that they do. The clients will recognize that. 
and the clients will, will seek that out. And I think that as I'm talking about that, I'm, I'm flipping my iPod or my AirPod case, which you know I, I bought it was like $135 or whatever, but it's ex it's exceptional. It's one of the best things I've bought in five years. Um, and a friend of mine bought some. Uh, I bought. Yeah, yeah. Keith bought knockoffs. Yeah, the knockoffs, and it, it, which is there's profitability and mediocrity. You bought Not them. Much. Are they any good? <laughs> no, they're yeah. horrible. I use mine every day. <laughs> I, I plugged mine in. They worked one time for five minutes, and that was the end of the uh, twenty nine ninety five. Yeah, product. but it's a short term like product. It's a mediocre worth. product, and yeah. they did not take returns at all. So yeah, they uh, that was poorly poorly purchased, but well learned lesson on that. Yeah, um, so, I mean, I think, but I think you you design an awesome product, you provide it, and people know about it, and it, you know, the word of mouth. And the next time you buy it, when you buy the AirPods two, but my mistake cost me twenty nine dollars. And, you know, the cost to a listing, you know, to a, to a client looking to list a house mm -hmm. or to buy a house who uses an agent that is the equivalent of a $29.95 knockoff, right. it's, it's significantly more than $29. Yeah. So. And so I think that, again, I'll, you know, on that I'll close and say I think that that's, it's, the impetus is on the client to seek out the professional agent and firm to represent them in the, you know, to, be, to use the you know, valid cliche, the, most ex the biz, biggest expenditure they're ever going to do is going to be a house. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, and that's a wrap. Thanks again to Jim Duncan and Keith Davis for being part of this conversation. And we look forward to more of these. Uh, hopefully you join us soon on Sweating the Details.